Welcome to this week's Audio Digest edition of Evening Times from Tuesday the 1st October till Friday the 4th October 2019 read by volunteers Q and Review Prince Speaking to the Blind at our Bishopbrick studio. The headlines this week Glasgow has its say on the future of its city centre. Man found unconscious after Governor Hill attack. Room at the inn as city hotel boom continues. Stephen Davis. Rangers can rally after killer blow and Neil Lennon excited by Celtic's future. We're devastated. OAP rushed to safety after Govan Hill flat destroyed in blaze. First reverses decision to axe route but warns use it, use it or lose it. Liberal Democrats become first party to back free health care for advanced dementia. Cash fund to help with LEZ costs. Dementia carers say loved ones should be entitled to free health care like others with a terminal illness. Visiting Glasgow elderly care centres open my eyes to dementia. Man jailed for Tracy Wilde's murder has four years cut from 20-year sentence. Cheap cider drinkers switch tipple of choice to Prosecco after minimum pricing. Poorly resourced nurse training blamed for dementia abuse cases. Plans to fast-track benefits for outgoing Berlini prisoners. Remember, this Weekly Digest programme is just a selection of what we produce. You can access more daily content online for free at qandreview.com forward slash free podcasts for free daily podcasts of the Herald Scotland and Evening Times and Weekly Digests of the National and Inside Soap magazine. Alternatively, you can access all of these services via a BWBF Sonata Plus internet radio player. Now, back to the main programme. You're listening to the Evening Times, recorded on the 1st of October 2019. Glasgow has its say on the future of its city centre, an article by Catherine Hunter, local democracy reporter. The future of Glasgow's city centre could focus on boosting the population and bringing more business. These are just some of the suggestions Glaswegians will be able to have their say on as part of a public consultation on regeneration. This month, the Council will launch an 8-10 to week online discussion to allow people to provide feedback on a draft proposal for the area. The aim is to make Glasgow a more successful place to be for residents, workers and visitors by developing and investing in the town centre. A strategic development framework for the city centre sets out a long-term vision for its transformation which will be implemented over a 20-30 to year period. There are six SDFs in total. Consultations on Govan Partick and the River Clyde Development Corridor are already completed. Public conversations on the remaining three frameworks, Glasgow North, Greater Easter House and Inner East, will be carried out in due course. An updated paper will be brought before councillors this afternoon. Included in the City Centre SDF are opportunities to encourage more businesses into the city, make public transport more sustainable while creating other ways to travel around the city. The local authority also hopes to create a thriving and vibrant place to live and work with a growing economy. If plans are successful, it is hoped this will increase the population of the city centre, which would encourage developers to build more housing. Glasgow City Council also wants to take further measures to make the streets greener and more eco-friendly while improving walking and cycling routes. Steps to achieve this have already begun with the beginning of the Avenues project, which oversees a network of continuous cycle and pedestrian-friendly spaces across the city. Work on Sucky Hall Street has already been completed and Queen Street Station is undergoing a revamp. The £120 million redevelopment is nearing completion and aims to make Scotland's third busiest station a gateway to Scotland. 
Last week, engineers installed 310 glass panels to the train station, giving it a new look at the front. Glasgow City Council has been working to improve the health and well-being of its residents by creating these visions to encourage healthy and active lifestyles. A consultation on the future of the Govan Partick framework, which would include a bridge connecting both areas and the River Clyde Development Corridor, which looks to create more active travel and walking opportunities, have been completed. The St Enoch district would be in both the River Clyde Development Corridor and the city centre and connect the two areas. Results for the first two frameworks will need to be brought before the City Administration Committee in November, which before the Council, to move on to the next stage. The City Centre consultation is expected to run until December, with plans finalised by May 2020. A Council spokeswoman said the City Development Plan focuses on six areas of Glasgow, with the key aim of making our city a more successful place for all our citizens, workers and visitors. This updated report focuses on the work to date, the phasing of six areas being developed and the plans for the future, including the next consultation on the city centre vision as part of this development plan. This consultation will be published this month and we want to encourage all stakeholders to make their views known. An article by Catherine Hunter, Local Democracy Reporter. You are listening to Evening Times is published on Friday the 4th October 2019. News. Man found unconscious after Governor Hill attack. An article by Stacey Mullen, senior multimedia reporter at Glasgow Evening Times. A man was found unconscious after an attack on a Governor Hill Street. Police are investigating the assault which happened on Annette Street in the area on Sunday at around 7.05pm. The force said the 34-year-old was found by a member of the public who contacted emergency services. He has received treatment for lacerations to his thighs and his abdomen. He has been released following treatment. Officers believe, officers believe the man may have been a victim of an attack and are appealing for anyone who was in the area around the time of the incident to contact them. They have been reviewing CCTV footage and while it does not show the man in the footage, it does show several people in the area at the time. Officers are keen to speak to anyone who was in that location at that time. In particular, there is a group of youths near to where the man was found and officers are directly appealing to them to get in touch as they may have seen something which could assist the investigation and help officers establish what has happened to the man. Anyone with the information is asked to call CID officers at Cathcart Police Station via 101, quoting incident number 3921 of 29th September. Alternatively, please call Crime Stoppers on 0800 555 1, where information can be given anonymously. An article by Stacey Mullen, Senior Multimedia Reporter, Evening Times. You're listening to the Evening Times, recorded on the 3rd of October 2019. Room at the Inn as City Hotel Boom Continues, an article by Stuart Patterson, political correspondent. An extra 1,000 rooms have been added to Glasgow's hotel trade in the last year. The boom with new hotels springing up in the city centre and Riverside will mean 12,000 available rooms. Next year, international football fans will head to the city with four matches at the Euro 2020 Championships being held at Hamden and the United Nations Climate Change COP Summit will be held at the SEC late next year with around 30,000 delegates in Glasgow expected to take up every available room. Openings are expected in the near term from hotel group SafeStay, which recently acquired a best Western hotel in the city with a view to transforming it into a premium hostel. 
Manor Property Group has plans to turn a former retail site on Saki Hall Street into a 112-room hotel. Yotel is planning to open a new 256-room hotel and at the luxury end of the market, work is underway on a 290-room venue operated by French hotel and resort company Accor near the River Clyde, while further developments are underway on the site of the Scottish Events campus. The PwC Hotels forecast 2019 to 2020 showed the increase in rooms has led to a drop in occupancy rates. Claire Reid, regional leader of PwC Scotland, said, Looking ahead to next year, Glasgow being one of the host cities of the UEFA Euro 2020 will be one of the major draws, while the likes of Transmit and, of course, the Edinburgh festivals will ensure Scotland remains a popular destination. You are listening to an article by Stuart Patterson, political correspondent for the Evening Times. You're listening to Evening Times, as published on Friday the 4th of October 2019. Sport. Stephen Davis. Rangers can rally after killer blow. And Neil Lennon, excited by Celtic's future. By James Kearney, sports writer. Rangers midfielder Stephen Davis has backed his teammates to bounce back after their last gas defeat to Young Boys last night, Thursday. Derek McInnes wants his players to throw a few punches back and a source at Inverness has insisted that no one club has mentioned administration. Davis, we can recover from killer blow. Rangers lost their second Group G fixture last night after conceding a late goal in Bern, but midfielder Stephen Davis reckons that his teammates will be spurred on by the killer blow. He said, We ended up conceding so late on that it is something for us to learn from. At this level, you get punished for your mistakes, and that was the case tonight. There's more to come from this team, says Lennon. Celtic, meanwhile, exact exacted some revenge on their European opponents' Cluj after Neil Lennon's side recorded a 2-0 win last night with odds on Eduard and Mohamed Elanoussi getting on the score sheet and Lennon is excited about the future with his squad. He said, It's embryonic in the season and I'm not getting carried away. I'm really excited by the potential and the depth. Nobody has mentioned administration at Cali Thistle. Following the news that Inverness are facing financial difficulties and in need of investment, A source at the club has insisted that the Highland Outfit are not preparing for administration. They said, We have cash flow issues and don't have capital to invest. We need to be transparent and make the shareholders aware of the issues. There would be a lot of clubs who who would be pleased to see our bank balance. Nobody has mentioned the word administration. Tierney impresses on European debut. Arsenal supporters were left hailing Scotland internationalist Kieran Tierney after the letback caught the eye on his European debut and got an, assi- got an assist in the process, reports the Scottish Sun. One popular tweet from a fan read, Tierney is world class. I don't need to watch him play any more games to say that. Everything is here. McKenna back training for Aberdeen. Aberdeen centre-back Scott McKenna is back training with the first team as he continues his recovery from injury, according to the Evening Express. They're reporting that the Scotland centre-half is in contention to face Hibernian this weekend. McInnes looking for reaction from players. Aberdeen manager Derek McInnes, meanwhile, is looking for his players to show more fight following last weekend's 5-0 thrashing at Ibrox. McInnes told the Scottish Sun, Everybody is giving us a kicking at the minute. It's important we throw a few punches back. We've got to demonstrate we care and are not taking things lying down. We've got to fight back. Clancy dropped from weekend's fixtures. 
Referee Kevin Clancy will not officiate any SPFL games this weekend after his controversial performance during Hibernian's one-all draw with Celtic last weekend. Clancy came under criticism from both managers who felt he got a number of key decisions wrong. And Rangers youngsters draw following late equaliser. Rangers almost got their UEFA Youth League campaign off to a winning start in Bern, but ultimately drew three all after a late equaliser from Young Boys. Nathan Patterson, Danny Finlayson and Kieran Dixon scored for Rangers ahead of the second leg at Fairhill in a fortnight's time. You've been listening to The Bulletin from The Evening Times. Q and Review Print Speaking to the Blind are a charity based in Bishop Briggs. We're currently looking to recruit volunteer access to audio ambassadors in Eastern Bartonshire to place leaflets and business cards at businesses, shops and amenities in the area and to show the public how to listen to daily and weekly online articles from the Herald Scotland, Evening Times, The National and Inside Soap magazine for free. If you would like to volunteer and become an access to audio ambassador, please contact Michael Rankin on 0141 772 3976 or email aaatl at qandreview.com. That's aaatl at qandreview.com. In addition, we are also recruiting for volunteer readers and technicians. If you're interested in reading or technically supporting a recording team, please contact us on 0141-772-3976 or email information at qandreview.com. Details of all of our volunteering opportunities are available on our website at qandreview.com. Thank you. Now, back to the main programme. You're listening to The Evening Times, recorded on the 3rd of October 2019. We're devastated. OAP rushed to safety after Govan Hill Flat destroyed in blaze. An article by Jack Aitchison, multimedia journalist. These pictures show the devastating aftermath after a fire tore through a pensioner's flat in Govan Hill on Tuesday evening. Almost everything inside the ground floor Allison Street flat has been decimated during the blaze, which saw many residents in the block needing evacuated. In the hallway, the entire ceiling has been torn apart. The wallpaper has been torched black or ripped off the walls completely. Windows have been blown out, the carpet burnt away and the smell of smoke is overpowering. Police, fire and ambulance crews were called to the heartbreaking scene just before 10.30pm. Twelve residents were assessed by medics on the scene and one child accompanied by a parent went to hospital for further assessment. His granddaughter, who asked not to be named, was holding back the tears. He's lost a lot of family over the years and this is all he has left. This is where his memories are. He is distraught. He likes his own space, his own company. He doesn't mind visitors, but he likes his own house. So this has taken him right out of his own comfort zone. This is his happy place and it's melted. The pensioner who was not injured in the blaze is now staying with his daughter while plans are made. The cause of the fire has not yet been confirmed. His granddaughter continued, Every room is just black with smoke. The smell is awful. You're living in rubble. There isn't even proper ceilings up in most of the rooms. Everything is melted away. It's scunnering. We're devastated for him, but we're just thankful that no one was seriously hurt. Now we need to go about rebuilding an old man's life, but how do we do that? It's just heartbreaking. A Scottish Fire and Rescue Service spokesman confirmed that five crews were called into action. He added a number of occupants were thereafter evacuated from the four-storey building which had been affected by heavy smoke. 
A total of 12 casualties were assessed by ambulance crews at the scene and two people were subsequently taken to hospital for treatment for slight smoke inhalation. Crews left the scene after making the area safe. A Scottish Ambulance Service spokesman said, We received a call at 10.27pm from the Scottish Fire and Rescue Service to attend a house fire on Allison Street, Glasgow. Our special operations response teams and an ambulance were dispatched to the scene and 12 casualties assessed on scene by our crews. One child, accompanied by their parent, was taken to Queen Elizabeth University Hospital for further assessment. Annie McFarlane, a 52-year-old resident on the second floor, spoke of her shock as the alarm went off in her flat. She said, I heard a lot of commotion and shouting outside. I suddenly realised that it wasn't playful commotion and it was actually something quite serious. There was a lot of panic. At that point, despite being two floors up, my smoke alarm went off and smoke was billowing in through the flat. There are kids in some of the flats above, so they may have been those taken to hospital. A Police Scotland spokeswoman confirmed the force-assisted fire crews. An article by Jack Chandler. You are listening to Evening Times as published on Friday the 4th October 2019. News. First reverses decision to axe root, but warns use it, use it or lose it. By Stuart Patterson, political correspondent. A bus route has been saved from the axe after thousands signed a petition. First bus reversed the plan to scrap the X1 service between Glasgow and Hamilton this month. The firm, however, said the route must attract more passengers if it is to have a viable long-term future. Last month, the Evening Times reported the plan to scrap the service which prompted anger in communities in Glasgow and Lanarkshire along the route. A petition received more than 4,600 signatures and politicians urged First to reconsider the decision. First had said the route was unsustainable on a commercial basis. Politicians reacted and contacted the firm. Monica Lennon, Labour MSP, asked for them to reconsider and Christina McKelvey, SNP MSP, raised the concerns of local people. Miss McKelvey welcomed the decision to reinstate the route. She said... I explained to them the real damage that the removal of the service would do to those working studying in Glasgow. Alongside this, I raised the disproportionate number of concessionary users on the route, which is a stark indicator of the social link to route the route provides for many older residents. The local community deserve a huge amount of praise for this decision, as without the pressure from them, this victory would not have been possible. First Bus said it listened to the community, but also issued a use-it-or-lose-it warning. Graham McFarlane, commercial director for First Bus, said, Despite the numbers involved in the, very pub- in the very public petitions against the removal of this service, we are simply not seeing this level of customer volume actually using the service. This must change. If the service is to, is to have a long-term and viable future as a commercial service, but we have to take we have taken on board the strong views of the paying public and local stakeholders who we have met with. As a result, we have taken the decision to reinstate the service as of October the 27th. The risk registration has now been accepted by the Traffic Commissioner's Office, meaning there will be no gap in service. The hope now with the service is that we now may now in time see a boost to passenger numbers given the level of public and political support for the service. An article by Stuart Patterson, political correspondent Evening Times. You're listening to the Evening Times, recorded on the 3rd of October 2019. Liberal Democrats become first party to back free health care for advanced dementia. 
an article by Caroline Wilson, senior reporter. The Scottish Liberal Democrats have become the first party to pledge the support for free health care for patients with advanced dementia. The Evening Times is seeking a manifesto pledge from all five political parties ahead of the 2021 elections that they will support the campaign by Alzheimer Scotland, which we are backing. Liberal Democrat leader Willie Rennie said the party was committed to equality of access to expert health and nursing care. Mr Rennie said, far too often, patients and their families are finding themselves on a carousel of emergency room visits, hospital trips and inadequate care services. Everyone deserves to live with dignity. That means ensuring that fair dementia care is put in place. Scottish Liberal Democrats are committed to ensuring that people with advanced dementia have equality of access to the expert health and nursing care that they need. This means finally ending care charges for the personal care of people with dementia. I hope that all parties will commit to making this a reality. At the launch of a new documentary yesterday by the charity highlighting the disparity of care, Former First Minister Henry MacLeish, he hoped the First Minister take forward legislation ahead of the next parliamentary elections. Mr MacLeish, who contributed to a major report by the charity, making the case for free care and whose late father suffered from dementia, said, This is an issue beyond party politics. Yes, there is a financial aspect, but it's relative compared to the hardship faced by families. We are not asking for a vast new arena of care to be opened up. Henry Simmons, Chief Executive of Alzheimer Scotland, said, We very much welcome the Scottish Liberal Democrats' commitment to delivering fair dementia care. This brings us a step closer to securing full cross-party political support, which we believe is essential in order for Scotland to rise to this challenge and bring an end to the injustice and inequalities that people with advanced dementia and their carers face. Yesterday, we launched a short documentary film to demonstrate the harrowing unfairness that families face when their loved ones have advanced dementia. You're listening to an article by Caroline Wilson, senior reporter for the Evening Times. You're listening to Evening Times, as published on Friday the 4th of October 2019. News. Cash Fund to Help with LEZ Costs, by Stuart Patterson, political correspondent. Funding of over just £1 million for vehicles to change to meet the new low-emission zone rules has been announced. The retrofitting fund will be for HGVs, taxis and micro-businesses. Glasgow has around 1,200 taxis that need a retrofit to meet the LEZ standard and could cost £12,000 per cab. The fund is planned to increase every year from three years depending on uptake. Cabinet Secretary for Transport, Infrastructure and Connectivity Michael Matheson said... For taxi drivers and micro-businesses, which rely on their own vans to operate in Scotland's cities, we are offering financial support, which will enable them to comply with new standards on emissions to improve air quality. Councillor Anna Richardson, City Convener for Sustainability and Carbon Reduction, said, We are determined to clean up Glasgow's air and ensure our city centre is a healthier and more pleasant place to be. Our low-emission zone complements many of our projects and initiatives that aim to improve air quality, including those which encourage a shift toward active and sustainable travel. 
We have adopted a a phased approach to implementation and by the end of 2022, the emission standards required to enter Glasgow's LEZ will apply to all vehicles. You've been listening to Cash Fund to Help with LEZ Costs by Stuart Patterson, political correspondent. You're listening to The Evening Times, recorded on the 2nd of October 2019. Dementia carers say loved ones should be entitled to free health care like others with a terminal illness. An article by Caroline Wilson, senior reporter. Caroline Forbes from Scotston Hill is full-time carer for her mother Margaret, 82, who was diagnosed with vascular dementia in 2013. The former architect's technician, who is now unable to work due to the demands of looking after her mother, is apprehensive about the future care costs as her condition deteriorates. My mum was a very independent woman, she says. She brought up two daughters and a son of her own after my dad left her and dealt with everything that life threw at her. She has been living on her own in the flat in Bells Hill. She had a couple of wee incidents when she fell, so I started going over every Sunday and that's when I noticed her behavioural changes. You would go into the fridge and all the food from the previous weekend was there. The neighbours were saying that the drains kept backfilling. When we out, there was fish batter, tea bags, porridge, stuff that my mum would eat. She was disposing of stuff down the toilet pan over the neighbour's fence. On a Friday, she always bought herself a single fish and one day I went in and she told me they had been in three times for the same order. Caroline took her mother to the GP for the standard memory-based dementia assessment, which focuses on questions including date of birth, and she scored well in this test and a couple of subsequent ones. It was more her behavioural changes though, she said. By this time, she had been found wandering in the streets in her nightie with her rollers in at 12am at night. She was then assessed by a psychiatrist and was diagnosed with Alzheimer's disease and vascular dementia. The behavioural part is more of the Alzheimer's part and the forgetfulness is the vascular side. I didn't know anything about dementia but as you look after them you can differentiate between the types. For the first two years after she was diagnosed I lived with her in her flat in Bells Hill which is North Lanarkshire but they've not got great services. They don't have day services like this. When you first start looking after someone with dementia the amount of information you're given is a minefield. I felt as if I couldn't leave my mum on her own in case she wanders, so it's 24-7. The biggest challenge is finding places like this that can keep them safe, feed them and entertain them during the day so I can go get my shopping or go to the dentist or do the things I need to do. My mum has been in other centres but because of cuts they keep getting closed. My mum fell and broke her hip and is now practically immobile and because of her dementia she won't follow the psychosis instructions. The care at Gartnaval Hospital has been fantastic though. They have said to me we think we should be better in 24-hour nursing care and I agree with them. I'm now looking at homes and trying to find one I'm happy with. My mum owns her flat, it's probably valued at £60,000 so I'm going to have to sell that to pay for her care but I'm apprehensive about the costs. People with dementia should get free healthcare like anyone else with a progressive illness. Because my mum owns a property but lives with me in Glasgow I have to apply for an exemption for council tax. So every year I have to fill out that form where it asks if she's likely to make an improvement, which is ridiculous. It's bureaucracy like that that makes the situation even more difficult. An article by Caroline Wilson, senior reporter. You're listening to The Evening Times, recorded 3rd of October 2019. Visiting Glasgow elderly care centres opened my eyes to dementia an article by Caroline Wilson, senior reporter. The daughter of someone I know 
was warned that she would effectively lose her mother after she was diagnosed with dementia. All semblance of the woman she once was would be gone as the disease progressed, including, presumably, her mothering capabilities. It wasn't true, though she said during moments of affection or when the pair were listening to a favourite piece of music, the love was still there, as tangible as it ever had been. Keith Mitchell of elderly care charity Glasgow's Golden Generation says it's a common assumption that people suffering from dementia are completely incapacitated. I'm ashamed to admit, and with no experience of dementia in my immediate family, I was guilty of sharing at least a modicum of belief in that. Having spent a day visiting the charity's three-day centres and spending time with the people affected and their families, I feel far better informed about the illness and its effects. Everyone I spoke to was still living in their own homes. The repetition in our conversations and frequent memory lapses were really the only clue they had dementia. As Alzheimer's sufferer Dorothy McFadgen, 87, said, I don't go to bed thinking, oh, that's another day over. She was smartly dressed and living a full and active life. Research has shown that social isolation is one of the major risk factors for dementia and it's clear that the centres, which offer companionship and brain-engaging activities, are helping people with dementia to live well. Keith estimates that attendance at facilities such as theirs can delay admittance to care homes by as much as three years, and it was a frustration to see how badly they needed modernisation, considering how much of a role they're playing in Glasgow's elderly care system. It would be great to see new state-of-the-art buildings created, with the same design ethos as the Maggie's Cancer Centres, which place a huge importance on the link between environment and health. Julie Andrews, an expert in dementia, says, As a society, we don't respect older people. We are sentimental about older, frail people, she says, but faced with their need at the worst time of life, we fail to fund their care or visit them in hospitals or care homes or support their families. However, for me, it's less about respect, which should be afforded to everyone of any age, and more about casting aside our preconceptions about dementia and older people in general and treating everyone as an individual, no matter of the age. This was an article by Caroline Wilson of the Evening Times. Visually impaired people are being invited to see if they are eligible for a free, specially adapted radio from a charity. The British Wireless for the Blind Fund, BWBF, provides the equipment to those with sight loss around the UK who meet its criteria. Radio is a lifeline to those who are blind and partially sighted, providing companionship and helping them to keep in touch with what's going on in the world, as well as in the local community. BWBF offers equipment free of charge to those who have sight loss and are in receipt of a means-tested benefit. BWBF is launching its Reaching Out campaign to try and increase awareness about their equipment and help more people who are blind and partially sighted. Our regional development manager Sophie Weldon said, Our radios are designed so that a person with sight loss can use them easily and independently. All equipment is delivered to the home by a volunteer who sets it all up and provides support in using it. We offer a range of equipment, digital radios, CD players, memory stick players, internet radio and even a specially designed app. Our radios are vital to someone who cannot see. They provide news, information and entertainment, but also, more importantly, companionship and a friendly service. If you or someone you know is interested in a BWBF radio, please contact Sophie Weldon 
at sophie at blind.org.uk. That is S-O-P-H-I-E at B-L-I-N-D dot org dot UK or phone 01283-790-208. That's 01283-790-208 or on 07540-724-063. That is 07540-724-063. To find out more about the British Wireless for the Blind Fund, follow us on Twitter at British Wireless, like us on Facebook, or go to blind.org.uk. Now, back to the main programme. You are listening to Evening Times, as published on Friday the 4th October 2019. News. Man jailed for Tracy Wilde's murder has four years cut from 20-year sentence. An article by Evening Times Online. A man who was jailed for life for murdering a woman 20 years ago has succeeded in having four years cut from the punishment part of his sentence. Z Min Chen, 44, choked Tracy Wilde to death at a 21 at a flat in Barmilla, Glasgow in November 1997. He was told by Judge Lord Arthurson at the High Court in Glasgow that he would have to serve at least 20 years before he could apply for parole. Lord Arthurson passed the sentence after hearing how Chen, a Chinese immigrant, panicked in the aftermath of taking Tracy's life. The court heard how he thought Scottish detectives would send him back to China where he would have to deal with corrupt police officers. Donald Finlay, QC for Chen, told the Court of Criminal Appeal in Edinburgh that Lord Arthurson had misinterpreted the law in fixing the punishment part. Mr Finlay argued that people in similar positions to Chen, who has no previous convictions, didn't receive as lengthy a punishment part as his client had. He told judges, the appeal judges, Lord Mingus, that Lord Drummond Young and Lord Drummond Glennie, that Chen's sentence should be reduced to bring it into line with other offenders who were convicted in similar circumstances of comparable crimes. The appeal judges agreed and told Chen he'd serve at least 16 years before he could apply for pro. Chen of Annie's Land, Glasgow, pleaded guilty to murdering Tracy at the High Court in Glasgow earlier this year. You're listening to The Evening Times, recorded on the 2nd of October 2019. Cheap cider drinkers switch tipple of choice to Prosecco after minimum pricing. An article by Stuart Patterson, political correspondent. Frosty Jacks drinkers have been swapping their favourite tipple for Prosecco after minimum pricing, a new study has found. A new study released today shows that retailers reported sales of the strongest white ciders sold cheaply had suffered the most. It led to all of the outlets in the study removing three litre plastic bottles of white cider from sale. High Street Supermarket Iceland, which sold Frosty Jacks at £3 before minimum pricing, no longer stocks that specific product. Three litres bottles of Frosty Jacks increased in price from as low as £3 to more than £11 after minimum pricing came into force in Scotland. The report into the impact on the Scottish drink industry for the Scottish Government found that drinkers of cheap white cider switched to other products. It found some retailers said customers switched to lower strength cider in cans like Strongbow, Others noted a change to lower-strength fruity wines and Prosecco. A switch from large bottles of cider to smaller 20-centilitre bottles of vodka was also happening. Other retailers said that sales of fortified wines such as Buckfast had increased. The study states a number of convenience retailers reported that some consumers of strong ciders were spending the same amount of money on alcoholic drinks on a weekly basis but had reduced the volume they consumed in order to account for the price increase. The study found that minimum pricing had impacted on choices made by drinkers in general. It said many had switched to lower alcohol products and to smaller cans and smaller multi-packs. 
Sales of 12 and 16-pack beers and lagers had dropped, coinciding with more sales of four-packs. The studies found that sales of alcohol in Scotland at one national supermarket chain had decreased, while in England it had increased. It reported a fall of between 6% to 9% following minimum pricing, compared with an increase in the range of 0% to 3% at its English stores. The number of products sold had fallen by up to 3% at its Scottish stores, but had risen by a range of 3% to 6% in its English stores. One litre bottles of spirits in Scotland has fallen in price, while the same time increasing in England. Joe Fitzpatrick, Public Health Minister, said, Minimum unit pricing is a world first, which we introduced to tackle unacceptable levels of harm caused by alcohol consumption. Early sales data are promising. Data for 2018 shows a 3% drop in sales of pure alcohol per adult, and I look forward to seeing a reduction in health harms in the future. It is also important to look at the impacts of MUP on the alcohol industry in Scotland, as required by the 2012 Act. This initial assessment includes interviews with industry representatives, but it's too early in the process to say anything definitive. Neil Craig, head of evaluation at NHS Health Scotland, said, We are leading a robust and comprehensive evaluation of minimum unit pricing, which will provide a full understanding of what difference the legislation is making and to whom. That, of course, includes the impact MUP could make to levels of alcohol-related health and social harm, but also requires us to assess the effect on the alcoholic drinks industry in Scotland. We welcome the involvement of a cross-section of retailers and producers in this initial stage of the Economic Impact Study. An article by Stuart Patterson, political correspondent. You're listening to Evening Times, published on Friday 4th October 2019. News. Poorly resourced nurse sharing blame for dementia abuse cases, an article by Carol Wilson, senior reporter. Elderly patients with dementia are suffering abuse and neglect because the training of staff in hospitals and care homes is still poorly resourced, experts say. Professor June Andrews, a former nurse and dementia expert and author, said it was disappointing that dementia care appeared so frequently in disciplinary hearings involving nurses and care workers. She said that while the training of nurses had improved in leaps and bounds, in some cases staff including care workers were resorting to unforgivable behaviour due to inadequate training in how to manage challenging symptoms such as aggression and agitation. In one recent Hearing, a senior care worker was struck off for a pattern of abuse directed towards one elderly patient suffering from dementia in a Glasgow care home. Daniel Ackers was found to have subjected the elderly woman to pattern of psychological abuse at Rowandale Nursing Home in Glasgow for his own gratification. The abuse included repeatedly asking her where, where the toilet was, knowing she did not have the capacity to answer and repeatedly told to wear it to wear her jacket indoors. All nurses are now expected to have at least basic training in the care of patients with dementia. However, only 2% of registered nurses and just three nurses who work in care homes have gone through the Scottish Government's Dementia Champions Programme led by the Alzheimer Scotland, led by charity Alzheimer Scotland at the University of Western Scotland. Nursing leaders say hospital staff are often focused on medical symptoms and don't necessarily have the time to order the resources to do to deal with cognitive symptoms such as distress and agitation, but say relatives should be prepared to step up and do more to help. Professor Andrews said, Of course it is disappointing that dementia crops up so often in disciplinary hearings. There are three reasons for this. Three reasons for this. One is that the numbers of people with dementia in hospital or care homes is very high and they are ver- there for a very long time, so they are more exposed to possible the possibility 
of care. Second is that care is sometimes poorly resourced and staff not given enough education about the difficult times that people with dementia sometimes do. So they resort to doing unforgivable things because they don't know any better and are not properly managed and supervised. The third reason is that as a whole in society we just don't respect older people, it's ageism. We are sentimental about older frail people but faced with their need at the worst time of life we fail to fund their care or visit them in hospitals or care homes or support their families. Everyone can do something. It can't just be left to the services. Professor Debbie Tolson, Director of the Alzheimer's Scotland Dementia Centre at the University of Western Scotland and former Evening Times Scotswoman of the Year finalist says there is a shortage of nurses who are trained to a specialist level. She said, It is shocking when cases of abuse hit the headlines. But every day in under-resourced care facilities and hospitals there are numerous examples of advanced dementia care that fall short of best practice. The complexity of advanced dementia care and emotional labour of caring makes it challenging for staff who lack knowledge and skills to consistently give appropriate care. Well, intentioned but poorly informed care can have detrimental consequences on a person living with such an advanced and progressive illness. At University of the West of Scotland, all our new nurse reg registrants are prepared to practice at a skilled level with dementia care. This is important for the future workforce and ability to provide good quality of care to people with advanced dementia. To date, 944 dementia champions have been prepared. Of these, 544 are qualified nurses, of whom 502 practice in the acute care sector. Just three nurses who oft who work in care home and have com have completed, and yet 40% of people with dementia will end their days in care homes. People trust nurses, and people with dementia, their family and friends have to trust that the nurses who support them will understand their dementia and related needs and will be there when they need them. Val Howitson, a senior, nurse, senior nursing lecturer at Glasgow Caledonian University, where all students are introduced to dementia training from the first module and take part in a dementia simulation exercise with mimics, which mimics the symptoms of the illness. That's very powerful, she said. It's a quite an emo emotive part of the training. It's about trying to prepare students as soon as possible with the knowledge to understand the illness and give them the skills that are required to deal with some of the challenges associated with the condition, such as agitation. We give students the opportunity of specialising and working in the care of older adults. It's not for everyone, but the right people choose that. I remember when I was training, there was a stigma in working in the care of, of older people, but that is not the case anymore. There are really exciting opportunities with regard to career development. A government spokesman said by March next year we will have a thousand dementia champions who who play a vital role in cascading education to other staff working in acute general hospitals and community hospitals and the Scottish Government in partnership with Alzheimer's Scotland also part funds with individual health boards and nurse consultant every board specific remit for staff training. You're listening to the Evening Times recorded on the 2nd of October 2019. Plans to fast-track benefits for outgoing Berlini prisoners. An article by Drew Sandilands, Local Democracy Reporter. Benefit claims could be fast-tracked for prisoners leaving Berlini to provide financial security on release. Inmates at Scotland's largest prison would get help to prepare the necessary documentation and secure housing before their sentence comes to an end. It is hoped the move would reduce re-offending and the strain on the public purse. A Glasgow City Council officer said the Berlini Prison Project is currently in the very early stages. Discussions have been carried out with staff and prisoners. It is, it's to understand what role the council can play in supporting those being liberated from prison, she said. 
What's floated to the top in discussions is the prisoners on leaving are needing secure housing and support with accessing money, welfare, benefits, etc. Council staff have been working with housing associations and social workers on the project. The officer said it's to try and provide a holistic offer to people leaving prison to try to reduce reoffending, which is obviously not ideal for the client and for the cost to the local authority. It looks as though that's going to have some really positive outcomes. An update on the project, which was included in the Council's financial inclusion strategy for 2020 to 2025, states each year approximately £500 million is spent on support services to cope with reoffenders. The project sets out to assist offenders in fast-tracking their claim to social security benefits, preparing the necessary identity and banking documentation in advance of their release. This will ensure their benefits are paid timelessly, providing them with the financial security. Providing housing and social and support services such as jobs and business Glasgow and healthcare programmes set an aspiration that these former offenders will be rehabilitated and become an asset to the local communities while reducing the strain on the public purse, the report adds. An article by Drew Sandilands, Local Democracy Reporter. Thank you for listening to this week's edition of the Evening Times.